You know what's fun? Today is my birthday. I turned 33 today and I had the fun idea of doing an episode where you can ask me anything. So I asked many of you on Instagram, if you could ask me anything, what would it be? And here's what you came up with. Now, a couple of fun things I wanted you to know about before we jump into the episode. I'm hosting a contentment challenge again, starting tomorrow, January 1st. Now, if this is the first you've heard about it, that's okay. You can still jump on board if you want to, or if you're listening to this and it's a couple weeks into January, it's all good. You can still join us. This is my official invitation to you. I'd love for you to join me in three months of no shopping, yes, no shopping, to focus on what matters most in life and to break some bad habits of spending in the meantime too. You can learn more and sign up at nancyray.com slash contentment challenge. Also, the Nancy Ray Book Club 2020 is officially beginning tomorrow as well. This is a book club based on recommendations, books that I'm genuinely excited to read, and I'm inviting you to read them with me. It's one book a month, and I'll do a recap on the podcast as well. 2020's book club includes books like When Less Becomes More by my friend Emily Lay, Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport, one of my favorite authors, The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster, which is a reread for me and one of my all-time favorite books ever, Rhythms of Renewal by Rebecca Lyons, The Pumpkin Plan, a business book I've been dying to read, and Beginner's Pluck by Liz Forkin Bohannon, who I saw speak one time and loved everything she had to say. So that's just a few of them, but you can sign up to be part of the book club to get monthly emails and encouragement at nancyray.com slash book club. You're listening to Work and Play with Nancy Ray, episode 38. Much of our lives can be divided into two categories, work and play. Simply put, that is where our life and our legacy take place. This is a podcast all about learning to work and play well, which leads to a healthy soul and a fulfilling life. Let's get to it. All right, some of these are serious questions. Some are kind of funny. One of the questions was, can you tell us 33 nuggets of wisdom on your 33rd birthday? So I decided I'm going to end the episode with that. Um, All in all, it's going to be fun. Thank you so much to everyone who submitted a question. I'm sorry. I know I'm not going to be able to get to all of them, but we're just going to have some fun today. All right. First question. Did you miss out on normal birthday parties as a kid since your birthday is so close to Christmas? No, no way. I love my birthday. I think the whole world celebrates my birthday. I think it's fantastic. Thankfully, I think I think because it's a week after Christmas, there's like a little bit of time and Christmas is over, but everyone in my family did a really great job of making sure that my birthday was its own separate event, which I'm thankful for, but I seriously think that I have the best birthday ever. I love it. Okay. Um, what's next for you? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Well, this one's kind of a doozy. Well, what's next for me? Uh, raising three small tiny humans that demand a lot of me. (laughs) That's in my foreseeable future. Um, But as far as my career and my work goes, you know, right now the Lord has made it clear this podcast is something that I am to give my best to, and I'm excited to continue to do that. Um, I hope to continue to create online 
content, educational content that's helpful for people, more in line with my faith, my life, um, the last decade plus years of experience in work and owning my own business. But yeah, mostly focused on faith. I don't know. I don't think I have a very clear answer for this. Um, I've thought about writing a book one day. I've thought about, I don't know. I've thought about a lot of different things. And I, for the first time in my career, I feel like I don't have a crystal clear picture. And I'm really, really at peace about that, which is kind of anti what I'm used to because I'm like a visionary and I am a three on the Enneagram and I love to have my plan. But I do feel like I'm at peace because this is what God's called me to now. So if I had a dream and think big and be like, if I could do anything, if I had no limits, then I'd probably continue this podcast and grow it and create some online courses and maybe write a book or two. But I also know that God has the plan written. It's not really up to me to control that. And I'm learning more and more as I get older. I just want to be in tune with what He wants for me. So I'm just trying to kind of figure that out. And yeah, I'll see. I've also thought about doing like kind of an inner circle type of mentorship group or um, I don't want to say mastermind. I feel like that it w- it's not quite a mastermind, but maybe something like that. I don't know. Um, there's so many different things that I could do and I just don't really know. So for the next year for for this year, for 2020, I think I'm just going to focus on taking a break from working so hard and so much and just doing this podcast and maybe writing a course and seeing where that goes and just enjoy time with my little kids. Yeah, so that felt like a jumbled answer, but that's okay. Um, Okay, number three, how has it been transitioning out of the photography business? Um, Really hard. I feel like I've been grieving the loss of something, and I have been. I've been grieving the loss of a business I've been given 12 years of my life to. Um, It's also been really good. It's been really good to experience that, um, to end on a really strong note, and to know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm walking in what God wants me in right now. So it's been it's been really hard. I feel like 2019 has been a year honestly marked with grief personally for me. Um, I've wanted to celebrate a lot, but I haven't really felt like it because I've just been sad that it's going away. Um, but there is so much to celebrate and I'm so thankful for it. So I don't know. I feel like kind of a jumbled mess. I am also very excited for what's to come. I'm very excited to have such a big thing off my plate so that I can have so much more margin to dream and do and just to be with my kids a lot more. Really excited. I'm planning on working one day a week this year. That's it to do this podcast and that's it. So I'll see where God takes me. It's exciting. Um, Okay. Next question. Who has influenced you most in your faith? Probably Oh man, this is a hard question. I mean, the first person that comes to my mind is my big sister. Uh, Mary Lindsay is her name. I call her sissy. We both got saved the same summer. She was 16 years old. I was 11 years old. And those first really formidable years as a new believer, being so young, I looked to her and we were both figuring out kind of how to be new Christians together. And we did, but I have memories of us in the summer just journaling and reading our Bibles and talking about God, and our relationship changed 
dramatically then. Um, she went from viewing me as like the annoying little sister to actually inviting me in to her friendships and her life. And she's really discipled me in a lot of ways, even from afar. So I think definitely she's the one that comes to my mind, even though I could think of so many different people or friends or authors. Um, I think my big sister probably, because she's been with me my entire Christian life. Uh, we've, we've grown so much together in that. Um, oh, this one's funny. Do you ever get recognized by followers? Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. It doesn't happen all the time. It's very rare that it does, but it's really kind of funny. And if you ever do recognize me, I always love saying hi. I think it's really sweet. And um, it's, it's actually reminds me of a funny story. Callie, who worked with me for seven years, said that she recognized me in anthropology like a year before she ever started working for me and was too afraid to say anything to me. <laughs> and then she ended up being one of my best friends. So um, yeah, if it happens, I'd love to say hi, but it really doesn't happen that often. When it does, it it's just kind of hilarious. I'm like, this world that we live in, right? It's just kind of weird and funny. And what is Instagram, this thing, this art, the internet, that's online thing that's like, wow, it's, I don't know. It's just weird. Um, okay. So those are my thoughts on that. Where are you from? What brought you to Raleigh? What's life like in North Carolina? These are like a couple of different questions. I bundled them all into one. I am from Raleigh. I'm a Raleigh girl. My husband is a Raleigh guy. We're both born and raised here, which is extremely rare. If you live in and around this area, you know most people moved here from somewhere else. It's one of the fastest growing cities in the nation. It's one of the, it's like rated as one of the most highest places to live because of so many things. There's not a lot of traffic. There's great um, educational programs and schools, uh, really high employment. It's just It's a great place to live. What is it like to live here? I think, hands down, the best thing about living in North Carolina is that you get to experience all four seasons in the fullest of those seasons. So we have hot summers at the pool, gorgeous falls with lots of leaves. Um, Winter is cold. We do get a few good snows every year. Um, Occasionally, we'll totally miss out on snow, but most likely we'll get two or three really good snows. And when it snows, the entire city shuts down. Schools are canceled. Work is closed. It's magical. It's wonderful. And uh, spring is beautiful with all the dogwoods and azaleas. And yeah, it's lovely living here. And in Raleigh, you're two hours from the beach and three hours from the mountains. I mean, in my opinion, it's the best place to live. I love living in North Carolina. Okay, next question. When you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I don't know that I had a thing or like a career or something I wanted to be. However, I do remember in middle school watching that movie Stepmom with Julia Roberts and Susan Sarandon. And Julia Roberts was a photographer who drove a Range Rover. And I really wanted a Range Rover or Land Rover. And I really wanted to be a photographer after seeing that movie. So I guess I could say I wanted to be a photographer, which is hilarious because it's a movie, but I will say I drove a Land Rover. That was my car in high school, believe it or not. And I became a photographer, which is kind of cool. Side note, that depiction of a photographer in that movie is 
it's so dumb. It's like not even real. <laughs> like now that I've been a photographer, I mean, I guess maybe it is real because she was fashion photographer and I'm was wedding. But anyway, night and day difference, really funny. But I did. I I've want. I've been taking pictures since I was in middle school. I've loved it. I've always wanted to be a photographer. So that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Okay. Is there anything you wish you did differently before turning thirty? Um, I, you know, if I could go back, I would probably just try to spend more time with my friends. I was a very driven person and I loved my work and my business. And I just think that I could have been a better friend and have, I wish I'd spent more time just kind of hanging out with friends in general. I think that would probably be the thing I wish I did differently. But, you know, looking back, there's good and there's good things that came out of me being so driven too. You know, there's relationships that I did form from my business and from my work. So yeah, I try, I'm not really a person that kind of dwells on the past or what I wish I did differently, but I guess if I had to answer, that would be it. Okay. Next question is how do you deal with the overwhelm of motherhood? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I give it a good cry, you know, on the really hard, overwhelming days. I cry, call my sister. She has five kids. She oftentimes knows what to say. My mom as well. And then I just try to make some sort of a plan and start moving. Even in the overwhelm, I just try to put one foot in front of the other and keep moving and know that tomorrow will be a new day with new mercies and it's going to be okay. Um, but it can be overwhelming. It certainly can. And I feel it very much so on some days, especially when someone's sick or when I'm sick, it can feel like life's falling apart. Um, you know, a couple other things. I try to not multitask too much. I try to just do one thing at a time. Um, and then, oh, just ask for help. Like, that's the hardest thing, I think, for me to do. But in the times that I ask for help or if someone offers it, you take it, you say yes. Um, that will will help you just to kind of get through it. And not every day is overwhelming. Um, but on the days that are, it just cry and put one foot in front of the other and, and you'll get through it. All right, what's my favorite Bible verse? Psalm 73, verses 25 and 26. And I won't, I, I don't have my Bible in front of me and I'm not, uh, I don't have it memorized, which is kind of sad, but it, Basically, actually, I might have it memorized. It says, whom have I in heaven but you? On earth, there's nothing I desire besides you. Uh, I'm trying to do this from memory on a podcast. Okay. Um, And then it says something like, I'm skipping a part, but it says something like, your nearness is my good. Basically saying, like, the world has nothing to offer. Like, I everything fades in comparison to you. You are my greatest desire. Desire nothing on earth besides you. Oh, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That's it. I remembered it. There you go. Live on the podcast. Um, and then it closes that the chapter closes with your nearness is my good. And that has been something I've proclaimed over my whole life that just God's nearness and presence, that is, that is good. No matter what else is going on in my life, God's nearness is my good. Uh, why did you start a podcast? Honestly, it is like this idea that I 
had burning inside me last year, late last year. My husband and I went to Italy. I took this podcasting course. I was fired up about starting a podcast, mainly because I felt like it was the perfect intersection of my love for teaching, um, my love for God's truth, my love for practical wisdom and information. And I love podcasts. And I don't know, it just felt so right. And I felt like it was something that God put on my heart um, and kind of gave me as this assignment. And it was an assignment that I've just been super excited about. Um, you know, I think about this podcast and I think about one day my kids can listen to this. How cool is that? Like one day my kids and grandkids will have all of these teachings and things that I have given and taught live, you know, in the middle of the middle of my life. And they're going to be able to listen to it. Not that they necessarily will, but I just think it's a really different and neat kind of way to leave a legacy. And it just was an idea I couldn't shake. So I did it and I loved it. It's been really fun. Okay. I'm going to do three more questions. What is an update on your Dave Ramsey plan? Are you still debt-free? Are you able to save after moving to your new house and changing careers? Whoa, loaded question. That is really great. We are still big Dave Ramsey fans, still on the baby steps, still on the Dave Ramsey plan. We love it. We are, so we became debt-free when we were 25 and 26. We paid off our house, our last house. Um, For those of you listening and you, you might not know this, we went back into debt to get the house that we're currently in um, a year ago when we bought it. And that was so hard for me, but we still followed the baby steps. We still did it according to Dave's guidelines. Um, gosh, I think we put like over 50% down for this house and we are still on a plan to pay it off. So our only debt right now is our mortgage and our plan is to hopefully pay it off by the end of 2020 or maybe through halfway through 2021. Um, we have marked like our quarterly financial goals of the amount that we want to put onto the house. So we're trucking along with that. And some quarters this year, man, as it was winding on this business, I was like, I don't know how we're going to do it. I literally did not know if we would reach our goal and God would provide and we did. So I don't know that we'll reach our quarterly goal this last quarter, but we're going to still try and believe and pray and ask God to provide the money and we're budgeting and we're working hard for it. So um, I think our hope is to pay off the house. And then once we pay it off to save for a screened in porch and then uh, pay cash for a screened in porch add on after that. And that would be my dream. So that's kind of where we're at, hoping to be completely debt free by 2020 or 2021. Well, I'll keep you posted. I'll probably do another podcast episode about that next year. Um, okay, how do you pick your baby names? Oh, that is such a hard question. I don't know. I, you know, all of them have been significant family names for us, and I love family names. So um, Millie Elizabeth, um, her name's kind of fun. My maiden name is Miller, and so we named her Millie. My mom's maiden name was Nance, so she named me Nancy. So we decided to kind of carry on that tradition and name Millie after my maiden name. My middle name's Elizabeth. Will's mom's name is Elizabeth. Um, so Millie Elizabeth. Lyndon Whitfield actually love her middle names. She's named after her two aunts. So um, Jess and Sam are some of my best friends in this whole world. We were best friends before we became family, which is crazy. Jess is Will's sister, my husband's sister. Her middle name is Lyndon. 
and Sam is married to Will's brother, and her middle name is Whitfield. So Lynn and Whitfield are also family names. And then Beaufort William. Beaufort is just the name of a coastal town that we have loved. It's got strong family heritage for uh, Will's side of the family. His grandmother grew up there, and it's a place that we've been going to since we've been dating. His family has a family home in Beaufort, North Carolina. So we had the idea actually while we were there before we ever had kids, what if we named our kid Beaufort? And we both instantly loved it. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is the best name ever. We're not telling anybody. <laughs> we loved it. Um, and then William is, of course, my husband's first name. So I think, how do we pick them? I mean, it's been hard because... We just weren't really sure what we were having the first two times. Uh, we didn't know the gender. And then um, the third time, we actually picked out the name Rosie Zion, which I still love, uh, Rosie Zion, but it ended up being a boy. So maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll have another kid one day and name her Rosie Zion. We'll have to see. Um, I don't know if there's a rhyme or reason how we pick them other than we just have a lot of conversations about them, and it takes us a really long time to settle on the names that we like. Okay, what business books have impacted you the most? Ooh. All right, you ready? Traction, all-time favorite business book. I did a whole podcast episode about it. The Advantage, How to Win Friends and Influence People. You wouldn't think that's a business book, but it absolutely is. I mean, it's just a life book. It's fantastic. The E-Myth, Tribes, The Road Back to You, which is about the Enneagram, but it's really helped us as a team and work. Crucial Conversations, Deep Work, Two Second Lean, The Four-Hour Work Week. There are so many. Those would probably be my top ones. Um, you can always visit nancyray.com slash library for a library of books that I have read and recommend that I love. Um, okay, I'm going to do one more question. Uh, favorite birthday memory so far? Okay, I have two. The first is when I turned 16. I think maybe you're asking about like all of my birthdays in the past. I don't know. We're going to go with that. When I turned 16, we had like a big sweet 16 birthday party for me. And there was a band in my high school that performed. They were like a punk rock band and they wrote a song for me on my birthday. It was like so cool. I sound like I'm in high school saying that. So that's kind of embarrassing, but that's how I feel about it. It was really fun and really thoughtful. Um, My other favorite birthday memory is when I turned 31, uh, it was my golden birthday because December 31st, hello, is my birthday, so I turned 31, and I could not think of anything spectacular to do. I felt like the year before I turned 30, and I did all the cool things then, and 31 was my golden birthday, but I couldn't think of anything cool to do, and I just prayed about it because I was really disappointed, like, oh, why can I not think of anything really cool to do? I love birthdays. And the Lord gave me this idea to think of um, special things that I could do for the women in my life that have loved me and seen me through. And I just listened to the Lord and wrote down things that I felt like He was telling me on their behalf. And I wrote down basically letters and words from the Lord for each lady in my life who was close to me. Um, I think I did it for my three best friends, my mom and my sister. And I read those things to them um, on or around my 31st birthday. Every single time I read it, we all were just crying. And I, I, I don't know, I thought about this, and the Lord kind of gave me this word for my golden birthday, that the golden 
part of my golden birthday is not about what I'm getting, but about what I'm giving. And so I wanted to kind of give gold to my friends and family and the women who've really meant a lot to me. And so that's what I tried to do. And I felt like words from the Lord were gold. And I just tried to listen to His voice on their behalf and write down what I felt like I was hearing from Him. And there were so many tears. It was beautiful. It was definitely my favorite birthday memory because of the impact that it made, not just on them, but on me. It was so sweet. And uh, yeah, I just focused. I even woke up that morning and I fixed, uh, we were in Nashville, Tennessee with my sister's family. I fixed everyone French toast and bacon. And I approached that day um, as ways that I could give instead of get. And gosh, it made all the difference. That's probably one of my favorite birthdays. Isn't that wild? It really wasn't about what I was getting. I don't say that to make myself sound cool. Like I'm genuinely saying that mindset shift made that birthday the best one that I've ever had, I think. Um, some of my sweetest memories for sure. Okay. I'm going to wrap it up there. That is That has been fun. This is so random. I also have a few questions that were asked that I didn't answer, but I'm just going to turn them into podcast episodes later because they were really good questions and I have way too much to say about them. So I'm going to end this episode with the one question that someone sent in, which was give me 33 nuggets of wisdom on your 33rd birthday. So that's what I'm going to do. Here are 33 random nuggets of wisdom, I guess, or maybe, I don't know, just food for thought, encouragement, things that I have learned through the years that I hope maybe one of them will be something that you can take with you today or for the rest of your life. So here we go. One, read recommended books as often as you can because it will change your life. Two, embrace change as a normal, beautiful thing of life instead of fighting it. Three, watch the movie About Time. It's my all-time favorite. Four, journal a little bit each day. It helps you process what you need to. Five, learn to love what you have and live a life of contentment. You'll be the richest person that you know. Six, figure out the love languages of those around you by reading the book, The Five Love Languages, and then try to love them their way, not yours. Seven, fight for your sleep. It affects more aspects of your health than you realize. Eight, this is a follow-up to number seven, to the newborn mamas, embrace the sleeplessness and enjoy coffee because I truly believe it never tastes better than when you have a newborn. Nine, move your body every day. 10, get outside and take a deep breath of fresh air every day. 11, giving really is better than receiving. It's the most fun you'll ever have. 12. Getting out of debt isn't everything in life, but it's still a worthy goal to pursue. 13. Abiding in the Lord is the key to happiness and success in any and every season. Knowing Him, listening to Him, worshiping Him, just being with Him. There's no greater thing you can experience on this earth. 14. Take time to challenge your physical body. It clears your head and makes you stronger, not just physically, but as a person. 15. Try taking one week off social media each month. I did it this year, and it's been incredibly life-giving. 16. I think the answer to a lot of the stress and anxiety we feel is that we simply have too much on our plates. The hardest and best thing I did last year was close my photography business. Whether it's something big or small, 
offload something and see if you don't breathe a little bit easier. 17. If it doesn't cost a lot of money, but brings you a whole lot of joy, prioritize those things. For me, it's using my favorite pens, burning my favorite candles, and having a nice bubble bath mixture on hand. 18. Put your phone out of reach for an hour or two as soon as you finish work for the day and just be with your family. 19. A lot of things can be fixed with a good cry. Don't fight it. I've said this for years and years to clients on their wedding day as they've said to themselves, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. My answer, just cry. Let it out. Crying is God's gift to us. Don't ever fight it and don't ever apologize for it. 20. Try listening to the Lord. Ask Him to speak however He wants to. Try it today. It's fun, inspiring, and He always answers if you're listening. 21. Never stop asking God for wisdom. He never runs out of it, and He's always happy to give more of it. 22. Ask for help. You, your kids, your husband, just your life in general, and even those helping you benefit from you asking. 23. Only connect. I heard these words at the Global Leadership Summit, and I've been amazed at how the most beneficial things in my life have come out of connecting with others. Only connect. 24. Don't take life too seriously. 25. Show up and be yourself. Don't ever try to be someone else. Be confident in your own skin, no matter how different you are. God made you exactly as you are for a reason. 26. Invest in a good Bible that you love to read. And then don't be afraid to mark all over it, draw in it, highlight it, bookmark it, and make it your very own. 27. Take time to print photos that you love and hang them in your home. 28. Do one load of laundry a day. 29. Choose work that you love and become an expert at it. Life is too short to do work you don't enjoy at all. 30. Become a morning person because this has made all the difference for me. 31. Write thank you notes even to your husband and your friends. It does make a difference. 32. Don't let fear be the thing that stops you. God speaks in faith and the enemy speaks in fear. 33. You were made to do hard things. Well, I hope you enjoyed this fun birthday episode of the Work and Play podcast and I would be remiss to not give a special shout out to my podcast editor, Kyle Langdon, who also happens to be my brother-in-law, who also happens to share this same birthday. There's only a few of us in the world who have the special birthday of December 31st, and Kyle is one of them. So I just wanted to say on the podcast, Kyle, you're amazing. Thank you. You make me sound good every single week, and I so appreciate you and from one New Year's Eve baby to another. Happy birthday. I hope you all have enjoyed listening to this. You can find everything I've mentioned today in the show notes at nancyray.com slash podcast slash 38. And you can find me at nancyray.com or follow me at nancyray on Instagram or Facebook almost daily. I'm going to close with words from Anita Septimus. She says, you don't choose the day you enter the world and you don't choose the day you leave. It's what you do in between that makes all the difference. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.